We are so glad to see you today. We welcome you. Now that's the way to begin a Christmas service. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. You thought one set of drums was loud. Listen, all right. We're glad. But we're excited that you're here today. We know the Lord's going to do a great work. We're glad to see all of you here today. We always, we've been fortunate. 51 Sundays into the year, we've got one left. We always have guests. And we're glad to see guests here today. And we're glad that you're here. We want to give you a special word of welcome. We consider you, we're honored that you've come to join us today. There is right there in front of you, you'll find a card that's a connection card. And if you want to take that card and fill that out, so I have a record of your visit. You can turn it in. Uh, an offering is passed. You can put it in the offering plate. Uh, some of our staff will be in the foyer as you leave today. You can give it there. Leave it in your seat if you have to. But if you fill it out, we're glad that you're here. Glad all of you are here today. What a special time it is. And it's rare we go to one service. This is the second time only this year, I think, that we've done that. We'll do it one more time next week. But it is a time in which we continue, of course, to recognize that we are one body in Christ. And we know that we're brought together first and foremost by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and by who we are uniquely as Parkway Baptist Church that we're people of the book who are in love with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and want to share that with our community, with people around the world. We're excited and glad that you are here today. A little bit different today, a little bit different ways in which we're doing that, but that's okay today. There was a little boy that was... Uh, he was uh, writing uh, all the things that he wanted to Christmas, but instead of Santa, he was writing to Jesus. And as he did, he began by saying, I've been good for three months now. And he kind of wrote, marked out the three months. He said, I've been good for two months now. Kind of looked at that, thought that for a moment. He said, okay, I've been good for two weeks. Finally scratched all those things out, and he thought for a moment. He went over to the nativity scene there at his house and he picked up Mary and put her in his pocket and went back to writing again. And he wrote down, he said, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, aren't you thankful we serve a God that wants to give us freely every good gift this Christmas? We just got to figure out what the best gifts are. And we know what the best gift is. It is the reason we've come together today. It is because of who Christ is. Our series this month has been home for Christmas, and we've talked about that. We'll conclude Christmas Eve with our candlelight and communion service, 5 o'clock. It'll be no more than a 45-minute service, maybe even a little bit less than that. Have a lots of good, wonderful time together. We know that you've got places to go, and you're investing time with that, family time perhaps. So you come spend time with us, and you want to come. We'll have more seats out. And uh, we appreciate the good crowd in spite of the rain uh, uh, today that have come be a part of the service. We appreciate you being here. Using those letters, H-O-M-E, uh, -E, Home for Christmas, we talked about H. We know, realized that Jesus left His heavenly home in order to come, left the throne room of heaven so that He might come and be born in a manger and live and die and rise again so that we might be able to go and be with Him forever. We talked last week about the O in home. O was for our heart, His home. Christ came to indwell and be the center of our heart. M today is for my Christmas story. Jesus wants to be in your Christmas story. In this service that we're doing a little bit different, All, everything that we do is going to be under the theme of Jesus is inviting you to be a part of His story. Will you join Christ and others for the Christmas story, for the story of Jesus? It continues, it continues in the lives of all those who know and love Him. In some real life articles under the title perhaps of Christmas Turned Ugly, 
recently in San Rafael, California, two men exchanged gifts and they were so offended by what each other gave as they hit each other over the head with a flower pot. Both were hospitalized. 20-year-old Brandy Nicole was also less than pleased with the gift she received from her mother-in-law. And when her now former mother-in-law's house burned soon after, Brandy was accused of starting the blaze that, uh, with the damage of over $200,000. In Jensen Beach, Florida, the apartment complex held a Christmas lights competition. Donna Simmons Groover was a winner, briefly, until one of her neighbors, upset at losing the contest, tore down all her lights, uh, tore down all the Christmas lights. You're looking so serious. Some of these, I mean, they really did happen, but... Uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek here, but in although most people not sure what to do with their Christmas trees after the celebration is over, if they have a live tree, well, there's one woman in Victoria, British Columbia that had an idea. She was arrested for beating her husband with her Christmas tree. The incident was sparked. There you go. We'll take a little humor. She was. The incident was sparked when her husband uh, grumbled that the load of gifts in his arms was heavier than the tree that she was carrying. So she beat him up with a tree. Now, we're not trying to give anybody ideas, you understand. Which kind of leads us to the opposite of that. Our text for today, one of our texts is the familiar verse found in Luke chapter 2 and verse 14. Luke chapter 2 and verse 14 that says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, in the highest and peace on whom His favor rests. King James Version says it like this. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Both translations are true and both are accurate, particularly what they are explaining. It is the one who is the source of peace. And of course, it's God who can give peace to His children through Jesus. This familiar verse reminds us God has done everything necessary so you might be able to not just know the Christmas story, but so that the Christmas story might become a part of your story and that you can experience His peace through Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection, there's nothing more that Christ must do. However, we also have a part in that we have some responsibility if we're to experience God's peace in our lives. How do we know? Because the Scripture tells us so. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 9 says this. Hebrews 12, 9, Make every effort to live at peace with all men and to be holy. For without holiness no one will see the Lord. It is a responsibility that we seek and we're able to know and make peace with God and with others. You make peace with God by receiving His free gift of salvation. You make peace with God by receiving His free gift of salvation, by turning your heart and life over to Him. He calls you to repentance, but He's not going to barge into your life, but He is going to continue to knock on your heart's door and wait for your response. And in this way, we're able to experience His peace. We're able to know His holiness, and it's only found in Jesus. Well, why should you turn your heart and your life over to Him? Well, the verse we read, Luke 2, 2.14, tells us that He finds favor on those who turn to Him. Well, there have been many in whom I have asked personally, some at hospital beds and some who are bedridden, and maybe even many other occasions where I've asked them, have you made your peace with God? Don't wait in hopes that there's plenty of time for to sure that you do not know what today or tomorrow might bring. But being at peace with God means to be at peace also with ourselves. Well, do you want to be at peace with yourself this Christmas season? You, you've discovered how that's possible. And I will tell you in a few minutes, 
We'll have an invitation time and you can publicly give all of your life and all of your battles and all of your future over to God. Don't worry today about what anyone will think on this Sunday before Christmas because there are people who are throughout this sanctuary who are rooting for you if you need to make a decision for Christ, if you need to turn your heart and life over to Him. As a matter of fact, we'll make our Christmas celebration even more joyful because people have become closer to God. I'll tell you when it's time, and I'll tell you when you're ready for that time of response so that you might be able to make a decision publicly if the Lord is leading you to do that. But even now, we can begin to prepare our hearts. Just one? Oh, aren't you glad you came today? So uh, the TV was on and there was a Christmas movie on. I wasn't really watching it or paying attention to it until the father in the Christmas movie says, Come, family, let's gather around the fireplace because I'm going to tell the Christmas story. So it captures my attention. I think, oh, this ought to be good. But you know what was told. "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house." And I thought, oh, that's not the Christmas story. It is a fun story, and it can be a story you understand, but you have to understand if it has anything to do with a Santa Claus or a red-nosed reindeer or a Grinch or Buddy the Elf, it's only a Christmas story because there's only one, the Christmas story. The Christmas story is found in the Bible about a child being born who is God in the flesh who came to be Savior of the world. That's the story. And it becomes my story and your story as we find peace with God through repentance and placing faith in Jesus. Do you see the difference? To the world, it can also be the story. But to you, if you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus, well, it becomes part of your story. It is your story because for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son so that you might believe and not perish and that you might have everlasting life. That's my Christmas story, and it's mine to share with others by my actions and by my words. For if you have made this your story, well, you've made peace with God, but you also you want to be sure to make peace with others. It is for sure the holidays are times where strained relationships are heightened or they bring more stress. Well, you could do something about that. The Bible on more than one occasion, recognizes that people, family, and friends are sometimes at odds. In fact, the Bible tells us, make every effort to be at peace with all, or as far as it depends upon you, be at peace with everyone. The very words of these verses imply that sometimes you can do everything that you can do and still not have resolved the conflict. It takes both parties sometimes to resolve a conflict and be at peace with everyone. But here's the question. Have you made every effort? Now, I'm not asking that, uh, that they've done more to you than you've done to them, perhaps. But here's the decision. If you've done wrong, that you need to understand that you want to be at peace. 
If you've done wrong, ask them to forgive you. If they've done wrong, forgive them even before they ask. That's right. Even before they ask, we're supposed to already forgive. Can we talk about forgiving and forgetting for just a moment? I'm pretty sure that we can forgive because Jesus has made that possible for us to be able to do so. I'm not always sure about the forgetting part. Because someone once said, well, if you could forget, you wouldn't have to forgive. Now, we know that the Lord forgives, and I believe by the blood of the Lord, blood of Jesus Christ that He actually does forget our sins. The psalmist said, as far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. But we have a harder time forgetting than God does. But because we've been forgiven, we're able to forgive, and we are able to act like we have forgotten. You see, sometimes we can do very little about how we feel, and maybe even less about what we remember, but we can do something about, with God's help, we can do something about our actions and about our attitude. So does that sound fake to you, to be kind to somebody, even if you're still kind of remembering maybe what they did to you? Well, remember this, it's always good to be kind. And if you'll act and if you'll show kindness, maybe even sometimes when you don't feel like it, pretty soon you'll start to feel like a kind person. Or you'll start to feel like the kind of person that is a lot more like Jesus. So many times that we think that we need to wait till we feel like doing good unto others before we do the right thing. But understand, it's always and it's never wrong to do good to others. We're talking about being at peace with God and others. The angel said, Jesus has come to bring peace on earth. Well, too often we think of peace as the absence of something, the absence of conflict or war or strife. But the word that the angel uses, the Hebrew greeting shalom, meaning something different. It more has a more positive meaning, a call for order and a call for well-being. Not necessarily the end of all conflict or control or surrounding circumstances. There's a story of Gideon in the Old Testament found in Judges chapter 6. And we find Gideon, Gideon's found... He's found kind of uh, in a wine press and he's threshing wheat. He's hiding from the enemies. He's hiding because he was in fear of the Midianites. And he had an angelic visitor come to him, much like the angels who came to visit the shepherds in Bethlehem. And the visitor addressed Gideon as a mighty man of valor, which he really didn't look like much at that time. But the visitor told Gideon that he had a very important job that he could accomplish with the strength of the Lord. He was to go out and fight and defeat the Midianites. Well, Gideon wanted to make sure that what he was hearing was really a word from the Lord, and so he kind of asked for a sign, and God gave him a sign, and that's where we come up with the term putting out the fleece. And when Gideon was convinced, he offered God a sacrifice, and he addressed God as Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Now, Gideon was about to lead in a violent battle, war, and strife, yet he saw God as the God of peace. Why? Because peace is not the absence of conflict, but it is the assurance of God's control over everything. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but it is the assurance of God's control over everything in a heavenly order, regardless of the tension, struggle, or the circumstances around us. Gideon saw God as Jehovah Shalom because he was convinced... Even heading into a battle, God was in control. Even in places like Baghdad and Afghanistan and even Washington, D.C. In every war-torn place in the world, He is the God of peace. Even when relationships are torn apart and the future is uncertain and loved ones are missed this Christmas, He can bestow peace on all those 
whose hearts are turned toward Him. In fact, until you have had to trust God in the midst of a stressful conflict or an inner battle or maybe even a lonely situation, until you've trusted God in those kinds of things, you've probably never really experienced Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Our other text for today is Matthew 121, also a familiar verse, where the angel comes and visits Joseph and says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now Joseph was in a pretty tough situation. His fiancée was with child, a child that was not his. He's wanting to do the right thing by the law and by Mary, so he's going to do as the law says, put her away or to divorce her, but he was going to do it quietly. But a word from heaven came from an angel speaking to him in a dream, and this one verse message changed everything and changed his plans. He will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now the very worst thing that he thought could have happened has now become the very best thing. His name will be Jesus, which is Jehovah is salvation. He will save his people. Who are his people? Now, some have interpreted that it was for the Jewish people and those who were looking for an earthly kingdom. But hope's not found in the earthly, but it's found in the heavenly. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So his people include all those who believe and all those who will believe. Everyone who will claim who can claim the Christmas story as their very own, have hope that even in the world of great need and tough circumstances, God is at work for something good. Now here's what the good news allows us to do. It allows us to see things differently. We see things not as the world sees, but through heaven's eyes and with an assured future in mind, so that whatever situation we are in or whatever we can look at through worldly eyes is actually inverted, sometimes upside down from what the world sees. Have you ever seen an upside down Christmas tree? The very first one I saw was in the Hotel Tallahassee. Same so not anybody ever used to go to the Hotel Tallahassee, eat the chicken in the buffet, you know, and they'd go there and you walk in, burn 10 or so years ago, I guess, and hadn't reopened, but uh, used to at Christmas time, they would have hanging from their 20-foot ceiling, a Christmas tree upside down and all decorated. Why would they do that? I have no idea, except maybe to get people to come in and take a look at it. Well, I read recently that it has now become kind of a, kind of a trend. In fact, a group by the name of uh, Hammaker Schlemmer, a retail company based in New York, offer what they're calling a unique Yuletide decoration, the upside-down Christmas tree, standing at seven feet tall, Pre-lit with 800 commercial LED lights, this technological marvel can be yours for only $699.95. But why would anyone want an upside-down Christmas tree? Well, according to Hammaker Schlemmer, excuse me, Hammaker Schlemmer, that's how you say it, website, the inverted shape makes it easier to see ornaments which hang away from the dense needles while allowing more room for accumulation of presents underneath. Well, now they're not the only one. Other retail shops have come, including an online group called in ChristmasTreeForMe.com, which offers five to seven and a half foot bizarro trees from $250 to $504. Even Target and Cole is getting in on the action with upside down Christmas trees ranging from $300 to $600 on this website. The retail giant claims the trees leave more room for gifts on the floor. 
Don't miss this. As long as we see the circumstances and we see what's around us through the world's eyes, there's not enough room for hope. But when we see the world through the eyes of the gospel story, upside down from the world, but in reality, the way it really is, boy, there's more room for God's gifts and to be able to see His blessings and for God to be able to have, to have His touch. God is always at work. So when we turn it around through the lens of His story that's become our story, then we're able to see His hand at work even more clearly. Let the hope that's found in Christ's child make a difference that begins within. When Joseph awoke from his dream and the heavenly angel's message, nothing had changed around him. Nothing had changed on the outside. Ah, but now he had a different perspective. He had a different understanding because he had a word from the heavenly. This is what God wants to give us. A better understanding of whatever you're facing today, whatever you're going through from a heavenly perspective. He's to, called, he's to be called Jesus. It's the equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua. Many Jewish boys would be called Joshua and Jesus. But what makes Jesus different is that he's also called the Christ, the anointed one. The only one who has stepped out of heaven, the H, his home to bring you and me the opportunity to spend eternity with him. He left the throne room and has come to earth for us to be able to dwell in our hearts, the O, our heart, His home. He's the only one who can forgive and can provide salvation and make a difference in our everyday life. The, the Christmas story becomes my Christmas story because Jesus came to help us with real, sometimes messy, and almost always imperfect living. Yeah. We have a reason to celebrate today. Knowing always uh, our Lord and Savior gives all, gets all praise and glory. And we're thankful certainly for Him. I know that uh, the Christmas story will always be told on network television. I'm confident every year because Linus is going to tell it on the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It seems like that show's been, on all, um, that been coming on all of my life. Well, it has been because back in 1965 when it was first uh, brought to the network to be able to be seen if TV producers had their way, it would not have been shown. Executive producer Lee Mendelson said that CBS network executives hated the show and they viewed a rough cut of it in November of that year. They said it was too slow. They told Charles Schultz, you cannot read from the Bible on network television. They aired it anyway. And next year it will have its 55th year of running on network television. And now, when it first ran, it got 50% of all the viewers <coughs> that it was shown to. I got both an Emmy and a Peabody Award. Pop culture experts affirmed that the program, now considered an icon, draws strength from its back-to-the-basics approach. And now, if you want to do a commercial on the Charlie Brown Christmas special, it will cost you $250,000 just to run a few minutes. Well, uh, sometimes... Uh, 
even those things that are good and those things that are innocent can even uh, bring some revenue as well. Charles Schultz, widow Jenny's not surprised. The shows earn such large profits, saying Charles said that there would always be a market for innocence. Well, and there'll always be a place for truth. Now, not as the world sees truth, not truth that is relative or dependent on the situation or whoever, whoever wants to define truth, but truth as defined by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and by the Word of God, the only ultimate authority that we have. Jesus also defines love. Why should Jesus, why would Jesus leave the throne room of heaven to come to earth? Why would He want to dwell in our hearts? And why would He want His story to become my story? Only one explanation. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And if you've experienced the love of Jesus, may you be compelled to grow in your love for God and love for others so that His story that has become my story, we cannot help but want it to become your story too, no matter who you are. Truth and love together in the lives of those who know Jesus Christ, truth and love as defined by Jesus is a powerful tool. And for those who are growing in Christ. But it doesn't happen automatically. You've got to be intentional. But for the follower of Jesus who is growing in truth and love, the result is this. Your present circumstances will not overwhelm you. Your spiritual walk will never become dull or uninteresting. But instead you will anticipate that God is always at work believing that every promise to be true, ready for the great adventure and the great purpose that the Lord has in mind for you. Jesus wants to feel at home at your Christmas celebration this year and then throughout the new year as well. What has to take place for that to happen? Do you need to confess sin this morning? Do you need to commit yourself? Or maybe it needs to be a recommitment that takes place. Do you need to be willing to forgive someone or maybe even to forgive yourself? Maybe a reconnecting with Christ or a reconnecting with someone else. Because I'm telling you, particularly if you're a believer, you have already accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus wants to be at home in your Christmas celebration. Jesus wants you to know for sure that His story belongs to you and it's part of your story. You came to be a part of your life. You will do everything possible that as you, not only as you celebrate Christmas, but everything that you're going to do and everything that you plan to do in the future, you want to be sure that's what God has for you. You will remove any obstacle to be able to say every day, Lord, let me serve you. Lord, let me grow in truth and let me grow in love. Hopefully you remember just a few minutes ago, I said that if you need to make a decision for Christ today, if you need to come, giving your heart and life, your future, your battles over to Him, There'll be a time for you to do that. Now's the time. That is if you need to make a public decision today, give your heart and life to Jesus today. Maybe you need to come for baptism. Maybe you need to come and even reconnect with the Lord Jesus or come and simply have prayer with uh, me or one of our pastors or here at the altar. We encourage you to come and have opportunity to be able to do that today. If you're looking for a place to come and maybe finish well and start again in the new year and you want to be a part of the church family you're looking for a church home look no further follow the Lord's direction follow the Holy Spirit's moving in your life to come and be a part of the Parkway family this is how we do it this is what you do
come take my hand, just simply let me know. I want, I want to come and I want to join this church. We'll take it from there. But I'm asking if you would, would you please stand? Let's have a word of prayer together. Then we'll have our song of response. And you respond as the Lord leads. Whether it's privately with something that you need to do this Christmas week between you and the Lord, some commitment that you need to make, forgiveness of sin, confession, or whether it's publicly that you need to come and give your heart and life, come and pray at the altar, or come and join this church. You come as the Lord leads. Let's pray together. Father God, we pray right now. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the opportunities you give us. And we know this is another opportunity when we're not promised another. Opportunity to make things right. We pray that we might be able to do that, Lord, that we might truly be at peace with you even now. And Father, we pray if there's someone here, more than one, who need to come give their heart and life to Jesus, need to respond in faith, need to come to the altar in prayer, we pray that they'll be ready to do that very thing. May all of us do business with you during this prayer time and as we sing this last song, Father, may we give it all over to you. We thank you for how you're going to be at work. It's in Christ's name we lift these prayers. Amen.